It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We are going to talk about a couple different things related to the Packers' offense today. But let's start with a quote that was heavily circulated yesterday, and it comes from a source that may be a little surprising because it is a a writer and reporter who has been an ardent defender of Aaron Rodgers in the past. Mike Freeman for Bleacher Report said in a piece that he believed Jordan Love would be a, quote, significant part of the offense in 2020. Here's exactly what he said in his 10-point stance. For instance, it's almost a lock that the Packers will find some type of use for Jordan Love. He won't replace Aaron Rodgers, duh, but he could still be a significant part of the offense in special packages. The same goes for Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Now, this raises interesting questions about whether or not this is sourced, whether or not this makes sense, whether or not this is a harbinger of things to come for the Packers and how they're going to use Jordan Love moving forward. First of all, Nothing in this suggests that this is based on reporting. So let's just get that out of there. It sounds like Freeman is saying this is the way that would make sense for the Packers to use him. If it is anything more than that, he has not indicated as such. And therefore, as readers, we cannot assume that this is based on significant reporting. Okay, so let's just get that part of it out of the way. Now, does this make sense? That is its own potentially prickly question. I have always been of the mind that what the Saints do with Taysom Hill, taking Drew Brees off the field at times or splitting Drew Brees out wide or whatever you know chicanery they want to pull to give Taysom Hill a chance to make a play is not worth it. It's just not worth taking the ball out of Drew Brees' hands for Taysom Hill to run an inside counter. 
or to be a backup tight end or to do a thing. Now, if they want to run a trick play with him once or twice a game, hey, great. That's fine. Have no problem with that. I loved the year the Steelers beat the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Every game, the Steelers had a trick play. And Matt LaFleur with the Titans two years ago showed a propensity toward running trick plays, having them to run. And while he didn't have trick plays per se last year on any kind of regular basis, he was certainly willing to think outside the box and put together unscouted looks, unique looks, and plays that sort of borderline on that special slash trick play idea. More to the point, it doesn't make sense for the Packers to say, okay, Jordan Love, you are not ready to play quarterback for the Packers. So you will be used in these other ways that don't suit your talents. Jordan Love is not a 4-4-4-5 runner like Taysom Hill. Not a big, strong, tight end body like Taysom Hill. He's just not that kind of player. So saying, okay, um, have him run... Some sort of wildcat package. Well, why? His legs are not dangerous in the way Hills are. They're dangerous for a quarterback with his arm talent. They're dangerous for someone who's going to drop back 30 times a game and can make plays with his legs. That is certainly an appeal of his game. He's not Jalen Hurts, who is a 4-5 runner, who is a player who is better suited running the ball than throwing the ball, in my opinion. That's not Jordan Love. So special packages, and this was a question that that Matt LaFleur was asked in his conference call with reporters. And while I think it's a fair question to ask, I just don't know what would make sense in terms of what that could potentially look like. Where are you going with that? How does it benefit your offense? I think these are questions that we just we can't answer right now because we don't know what it would potentially look like. I don't think anyone would be smart to think that this is going to be some staple of the Packers offense. I don't think we can assume that. I don't think it would be smart to assume that. And and moreover, I don't think it would be smart for the Packers to do. If Aaron Rodgers is the best player to be on the field to play quarterback, let him play quarterback. If you want to come in for a trick play once a game and let Jordan Love do a thing or you have a package where you have three or four packaged plays where he can come in and do a thing, okay, I can I can, I can can be on board with that. But, for example, what the Saints do with Taysom Hill, it's too far because it's too much. And you can point to the playoff game and say, oh, well, the best thing about the offense against the Vikings was the, was the snaps that Taysom Hill was in the game that says more about the rest of the offense than it does Taysom Hill. Because your trick plays should work. That's what a trick play is. It it is an indication that your offense is not working as you want it to be if you have to run these kinds of plays. I understand wanting to get Jordan Love on the field. It makes sense to want to get Jordan Love on the field to get him reps. The best way to do that is to go win a bunch of football games. If you're up 35-14 in the fourth quarter, guess who can play? Jordan Love. You win 13 games in the regular season, guess who can play in Week 17? Jordan Love. The Packers were able to get valuable information on someone like Matt Flynn because he played. Why did he play? Because the Packers blew out a bunch of teams in Aaron Rodgers' prime. Matt LaFleur 
does not have that luxury if the Packers aren't doing that? And are you going to force someone on the field to do something that they are, frankly, ill-equipped to do? I mean, it's it's one thing Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, as well as at Alabama, ran some read option, some of those zone read concepts where that's how you're going to deploy him in some of these special packages. It's not what Jordan Love is great at. It's not how you use him to the best of his ability. His elite skill, his top talent is not his run pass viability. It's his ability to make plays with his arm, to extend plays and improv and make ridiculous throws off platform. That's what he's great at. Those are quarterback skills. They're not wildcat skills. They're not, oh, this guy can hurt you with his legs, so bring him in the game kind of skills. If you want to run wildcat, I mean, don't, first of all. But second of all, run it with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Actually get some explosive runners on the field if you want to do that. Now, on the flip side of that, don't. Don't do that. (laughs) Just let Aaron Rodgers throw the ball. If what you want to do is get Jordan Love on the field, then get Jordan Love on the field. But they're not going to do that this year unless he Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, number one, or they win a bunch of games, or they're winning late in games. That is the circumstance under which Jordan Love will find himself in these games. And the fact that that's true isn't necessarily a knock on Jordan Love. The way we found out Aaron Rodgers was ready to be the successor for the Green Bay Packers, or at least the first moment in a regular season game that we saw Rodgers suggest his talent made him capable of being a quality NFL starter was when Brett Favre went out. It was on national TV in Dallas. The Packers were down. Favre gets hurt. Aaron Rodgers comes in and almost leads a comeback. He does lead a rally but does not lead the full comeback. And you watched Rodgers and you went, oh, this guy's got something. There's real talent here. And he can be a useful player in the NFL if the Packers are in a position like that. You know, in a game they're going to lose anyway, let's say. And you pull Aaron Rodgers late, for example. Something like that. Or because that's the circumstance where you're going to see Jordan Love actually get a chance. Actually get to go out there and throw the ball because that's what he's best at. You know, if the Packers are up 42-14 in the fourth quarter, it's going to be a lot of handoffs to A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams. So we're not really going to get a good chance to see what Jordan Love can actually do. That's what made Matt Flynn's Week 17 in 2011 so unique because he got the chance to actually go out and play, and they let him go out and play. Mike McCarthy said, let's go. And Aaron Rodgers was a part of saying, hey, give him an opportunity, and it got him a contract in Seattle. You know, sort of famously now because Russell Wilson took his job and and became the player that he is, but really one game. And, of course, his connection to Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers got Matt Flynn a starting job. One game could be enough for Jordan Love, too. There is no reason. You know, they're going to get to see him in practice. They're going to get to see him in the offseason programs moving forward, assuming that they're closer to what we're used to, you know, as regular. They're going to get a chance to see him. They're going to know, the Packers are, if they have a football player or not. And getting him on the field... If that's your best chance to move the ball on offense, then your offense really has some problems. You want to run some specials? Fine, cool, do that. One, two, three plays a game. 
don't take Aaron Rodgers off the field on any kind of regular basis so you can run some trick plays with Jordan Love. Now, I know to some degree I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because last year I was the one saying, why don't you have some trick plays here and there for an offense that that could use a little bit of a boost? I think Matt LaFleur did put together some specials, some you know counters. That's what he wants to be. He wants that illusion of complexity. He wants that you know, that play that looks the same but ends up being different. So much of the offense there is based on deception. But getting a trick play or two here and there, yeah, it's great. And you run the Philly special in the Super Bowl, that's awesome. You didn't have to put a backup quarterback on the field to do that, though. And that's the thing about this. I I, I don't know how you can mirror those two things, how you can marry them and say, okay, there's this illusion of complexity and these plays that look the same but are different, and you're going to bring two quarterbacks on the field. It just, I, I don't, I don't understand the intent there. Have plays that work, and if you want to have some trick plays, I guess go for it. But I think it makes more sense when you have a trick play. A trick play works because it looks like something else. It looks like a normal play, a base play, a play you've prepared for, and then it becomes this other thing. If Jordan Love comes into the game. You've ruined that part of it. And speaking of making things more complicated, rockauto.com is here to make your life with your car less complicated. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait until the counterman orders the parts on his computer? Choose the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to Rock Auto at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers from professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rock Auto's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rock Auto always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. Rock Auto is for everybody and does not require membership or login info. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic car or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And if you're looking to make an impact on more than just your brake pads, the U.S. Army is the place you can do it. Whether your goal is to fight and cure diseases, develop technologies, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where you can make all of that happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win, ask yourself what's your warrior and text ALPL to 462769 to find out. That's ALPL to 462769. So I was scrolling Twitter yesterday and friend of the show, Jacob Westendorf, tweeted out an interesting group of statistics that got me thinking a little bit. And this is something that I had looked at before and he pointed out, that in week nine against the Los Angeles Chargers, the Packers were at 82% in three receiver sets. In week 12 against San Francisco, 73%. 
in those three receiver sets. And in the NFC Championship game against that same 49er team, 74% in those three receiver sets. Of course, they lost all three of those games. Now, it is, of course, the case that the Packers were down early in each of those games. And so the moral of the story is don't go down early. And that's true for every team. No team is you know, built, per se, to come back. Every team would rather play with a lead, really, uh, assuming you're going to stay aggressive and, and continue to be the team that you are. Passing teams can sometimes have issues maintaining leads because they're used to having their foot on the gas, and coaches will instinctively take their foot off the gas when they have a lead. But that is a problem of game scripts, not of quality of play or personnel deployment. What I find interesting about this, though, and, and it, what spurred in my mind was rather than the Packers saying, you know what we have to do? We have to make our three receiver sets better by adding receiver talent. And they did, by the way, try to do that. Tried to sign Emmanuel Sanders. He went elsewhere in part because of the weather, as you may recall. And they tried to draft a receiver. Uh, the board fell wonky and they were unable to trade up in the second round and then decided that the value just wasn't there. And so they punted in the draft. We don't have to rehash the arguments about the wisdom of those moves. But what the Packers decided is that rather than say, let's get better with three receiver sets, the question was, how do we get better so we don't have to play three receiver sets? One of the problems last year for the Packers was when they were in what they called get-back situations, second long. You know, you have a bad first down play. How do you get back on track? How do you get back into third and manageable, for example? Or you have a first and 20 all of a sudden after a penalty, a holding penalty. Packers had way too many pre-snap and procedural penalties last year. They have to clean that up. Hopefully they do in year two, in year two with Matt LaFleur. But what they decided was that 11 personnel was not their problem. In fact, it was, by success rate, their most successful personnel grouping last year. They were best out of 11 personnel. And that's important because in the modern league, you still need to be good out of spread personnel. You still need to be able to throw the ball effectively with three receivers because it makes it easier for you to run. If teams don't think you're going to throw effectively out of three receivers, they're more likely to play base. And if they're not playing nickel, it's harder to run against them in those three receiver sets, which is the best time to run the ball. But what the Packers want to do you know, you, you, we saw the reports, oh, the Packers want to play good defense and run the ball. Well, here's how that's true. They want to play good enough defense to keep games close so that they can continue to play the way they want to play. This is not the 2011 Packers who want to go five wide and, and try and exploit matchups through the air. That's just not how they want to play. They want to be able to play big and still throw the ball. They want to be able to play small and run the ball. They want to be able to play out of 12 personnel with two tight ends and say, we can run or pass and you are not going to know the difference. They want to be able to play action effectively. And they have done studies on this. Football Outsiders, a few years ago, did a study that found that play action works better when running is more likely. So if you're a team that is not going to run the ball ever on first down, you're the Packers from a few years ago, your play action on first down is less potent because teams are expecting you to pass the ball, not run it. And when you're losing, your play-action game becomes less potent because teams are going to let you run the ball 
What they don't want to do is get beat over the top. They don't want to get beat by your passing game. So if you're trying to play action them, it's not as effective. The statistics back up what logic says should already be true. So what the Packers did in building their team was say, okay, draft a running back, draft a tight end, get a big receiver, and be able to play more effectively out of big personnel so that that illusion of complexity, that malleability to play with two tight ends or two running backs makes it harder for defenses to understand what's going to be happening and that they can do that more effectively in more circumstances. If they get down 14 in the second half, they're going to have to throw the ball. And that's just the reality of the situation. Now you hope your offense is effective enough that you're keeping games close. You hope that your defense is effective enough that you're keeping games close. You may recall in the Super Bowl season in 2010, the Packers weren't down by more than a touchdown the whole year. When you're able to be efficient and effective on both sides of the ball, you don't have to worry about your style of play because you are going to be able to stay in phase. You're going to be able to stay in philosophy. Getting out of that core philosophy is problematic. If the 49ers had gotten down in either of the games against the Packers, 10-0, 14-0, they have to change the way that they played. The fact that they were playing against the Chiefs team that could score points in bunches fundamentally altered the way that the 49ers played. Now, they played well enough. They made some plays defensively, and they were able to build a lead. But they weren't able to salt it away because of the Chiefs' explosive offense. But more to the point, they had to change the way that they were playing because the Chiefs' offense was so good. And if the Packers' offense can be more explosive, can create more with play action, for example, and create those big plays that Matt LaFleur said he wants to create, then... If you're keeping those games close, too, it's really hard to get teams to play you in a way that is disadvantageous for you because you always have the ability to run or pass. Keeping a game close is not good just because you're keeping the game close and the game is is more within your reach. It's, it's more than just the score. It's game script. It's what it allows you to be able to do. Of course, you'd rather just be able to you know do whatever you want. That makes it easier for the Packers to play the way that they want to play. Being down two touchdowns is not the thing. Now, in 2011, they could do that. 2014, they could do that. It's not the way that Matt LaFleur wants to play. It's not the way the Ravens want to play. And guess what? When you're winning a lot of games, it works. It works. Now, you have to be able to alter your game plan when you need to. You have to be able to say, okay, this isn't working just go do the thing. The Packers did that against the Eagles, for example. You know, if Devontae Adams doesn't get hurt late, I'm convinced they win that game. And, of course, relying that much on Devontae Adams is is its own kind of problem. But if he is healthy, you know, most teams, if they lose their best offensive player, they're gonna it's going to create some problems for their offense. If he's healthy, they probably win. And they were able to play a different kind of style to win. Against the Lions, they did the same thing. They needed to come out and, and score a bunch of points in the second half. They did it. Are the Lions a great team? Of course not, but they were able to make the adjustments that they needed to make to win that game. Before we finish up here, I want to talk to you about Bobbles Galore. Bobbles Galore is the leading bobblehead retailer in the country. They have a vast inventory of bobbleheads from all the major sports leagues, including the Packers, Brewers, and Bucks. They're officially licensed by the NBA, MLB, and NFL, and right now in limited quantities. We're talking about individually ordered 
Only 1,500 were made. They have triple MVP Wisconsin puzzle bobbleheads that showcase Giannis, Aaron Rodgers, and Christian Yelich, unlike any other bobblehead you've seen before. You guys, this is a unique opportunity. Wisconsin sports fans are really lucky right now to be able to experience all three of these guys at once. This is great for Bucks fans. They've got the Greek flag Giannis bobblehead. Either of these bobbleheads include an augmented reality experience with Bobble Galore's unique AR Bobbles app. They're also a super friendly company. When you go and visit their website, they always have an answer for your question. Bobbles Galore can also make custom bobbleheads for any occasion or event. Go to Bobbles Galore, B-O-B-B-L-E-S, and use the promo code Locked On to receive free shipping on your order. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there. Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. I want to end today's show where we started yesterday's show. And the reason I want to do that is because the Packers starting center, Corey Lindsley, tweeted something out yesterday afternoon, and he did so out of obligation or a feeling of obligation, I think is a better way to put it, because Billy Turner and Josh Neisman talked to, at the very least, the offensive linemen in a virtual meeting. And they were able to express their feelings about what it was like to experience what happened in Minneapolis with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor as African-American men. And the reason that this is important is because it prompted Corey Lindsley to speak out. Just a simple act of allowing the black players on the team or a select group of them to speak on their experience, helped educate and alert their teammates, their coworkers to this experience that they may not have otherwise understood. And in fact, that is exactly what Corey Lindsley said. He said, I, like everyone else, have not been and continue to not be a perfect person. I've held unfounded beliefs and thought ignorant thoughts. The older I've gotten, the more people I've met, the more I've tried to learn. It's always okay to admit you're wrong and to grow. This is the people's country. Continue to educate yourself and continue to want the best for this country. He added a a very long and thoughtful post in addition to those comments that was prompted by the discussion from his teammates. Just think about how powerful that is. Think about the communication and open-mindedness, the culture that this allows in terms of the feeling of being able to say, I was wrong. 
We have to be able to say that. We have to be able to look at each other and say, I've made mistakes and I want to get better. How do I do that? And for people to be able to do that. I know that it's a conversation I've had to have with myself. Are there ways that I have hurt and not helped this cause? Are there ways I can be better? Are there mistakes that I've made, beliefs that I've held that are that are either unfounded or unhelpful to all of this? And I, I just hope that we, we can all do the same, that we're not all so confident that all of our beliefs and all of our thoughts are right, that we wouldn't be willing to take a look, an introspective look at ourselves and say, Maybe I haven't been thinking about this the right way. Maybe the people who have been experiencing this thing can teach me, can tell me something that I didn't know. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. David Bakhtiari and Christian Kirksey are meeting with the press later today, depending on when you're hearing this, Tuesday afternoon. So we will respond to some of their thoughts, certainly their feelings on what's going on with the offseason work. And maybe we'll have an update for that by then, uh, something that, of course, we're going to monitor closely. There's been some movement on the NBA front, on the MLB front, and the the NFL gets a chance to just sort of sit back and watch all of that, which is, you know, great for them. We're going to be back tomorrow. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. I know there's a lot going on in the world and and we want to help take your mind off a lot of that, but we are also going to continue to, as necessary, talk about it. And especially when the Packers themselves are are reckoning with it and and making it uh, something that is part of the popular consciousness, uh, I think it's important for us to talk about it. If you have thoughts, you know, I appreciate everyone who has reached out. Uh, The the support has been overwhelmingly positive and that that is really comforting to see. Um, that, that the audience here has, has cultivated a, a, at least a thoughtful group of people, and that's great. And we don't have to agree on everything, but you know, as long as we are all willing to, to think about our positions and, and the positions of other people, then I think we can, we can move toward some level of agreement when we discuss just about anything. Anytime you want to hit me up, you can on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Thank you.